0: my entrepreneur journey was born. Now I am a people strategist and founder of Serve Recruitment Agency, a boutique recruitment firm that helps scaling companies hire aligned leaders for growth. In this podcast, I'm going to share about my business journey, entrepreneurship, leadership, and how hiring the right humans unlocks massive potential. Welcome to the show. Are you looking for a new podcast to tune into? I know I am always interested in finding new podcasts that leave me with inspiration, a shift in perspective, or practical tools to help grow both me as an individual and my business as well. If you're looking for a new show, one that I listen to weekly is called We Wild Women, hosted by Renee Warren. I'm gonna link that up in the show notes here but I highly recommend heading over to We Wild Women and tuning in to Renee and all of her epic guests that she brings onto the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Jackie Service Show. We are here with another inspiring women's episode, and I get to bring to you a sister, a true soul sister, who I have spent such divine time with in the last six to eight months. And I'm so excited. Our relationship is really just getting cultivated and just getting started. But very quickly I knew she was a soul sister and we will share that story in a minute, but Courtney Weaver, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I'm actually coming to you from a vacation. I'm sitting in a cabin in Colorado, watching it dump. It is pouring down with snow. Um, so I'm super pumped to be here. I'm all cozy. I'm ready to get into some deep waters.
0: Ooh, And that's the one thing I would say about our relationship that we notice so quickly. So Courtney and I had connected online through mutual mm-hmm. friends for a while, but we had never actually met live in person until a mutual friend's wedding last September when we had a chance to actually meet and our husbands got to meet and we got to create just this like beautiful relationship in that, in that weekend together. Mm -hmm. And so much so that my husband invited us to their wonderful house (laughs) in Kansas city. (laughs) <laughs> and we showed up with, you know, really having spent maybe 24 hours together in, in real life, but we yeah. showed up to spend a weekend, a really immersed weekend together, where very quickly it was clear that one, we have the same sense of humor, two, we both love deep, real, meaningful mm-hmm. connection and having the conversations that matter. And so it was such a beautiful weekend of talking all things life, business, relationships, money gosh, parenting, all Mm -hmm. the things in between. And I'm just so blessed for you in my life. And so blessed that you're here with us today to share more about your gift and your story.
1: I love that. And I, it's one of the reasons, you know, social media, there are some days that I really want to like throw it in the lake. Like I'm done, I'm over it, but it allows you to connect with so many people. And I'm from You know, a small town outside of Kansas city, you know, we live about 40 minutes from downtown. So meeting other female entrepreneurs, I have to go to the internet. I have to go to mutual friends. I have to go to like, you know, my circle and who do you know? And so I love that you were willing to just show up. I mean, like that Mm -hmm. takes balls to go to somebody's house. I could have been a serial killer. How did you not think that I was like a murderer?
0: I mean, I had enough friends who knew you personally (laughs) that I trusted wholeheartedly. Um, I'm also from a small Lake town uh, yeah, hours from a big city. So like, I feel like we have that small town vibe, the similar kind of vibe
1: when you showed up. So I I have to share the story about Jackie and Brooke. So I love just very welcoming, warm, real people. And that's, that's who you are. And you showed up like a best friend. And I knew we were soul sisters when you walked in with Canadian whiskey that I'm sure you had to smuggle across the border. I was like, <laughs> oh hell yes. We're about to go down. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this conversation to just go even deeper. Cause there's a lot of things that have transpired in the past six to eight months in our lives. So
0: I agree. And let's share that. This is in some ways we just talked about it. It's like court and I having a glass of wine or a cup of coffee and Mm -hmm. you get to enjoy, enjoy the ride with us. So let's go, let's go there.
1: Yeah. So I I'm going to back up just a little bit before I get to where I'm at right now. So currently right now, um, my husband and I founded a insurance sales training organization. So I'm the CEO of Weaver sales Academy. Um, so we help thousands upon thousands of insurance professionals All over the country. We do virtual training, we speak in in person. Um, we have conferences, boot camps, challenges, all of that. But I want to back up because I think it's important for you listening, if wherever you're at in your journey, to kind of hear, I want to share the struggle of how I got to here and how I'm still navigating that. So I didn't start as an entrepreneur. Like I played by all the rules and I followed what I thought I was supposed to do. So you know, in high school, I'm playing all the sports and I'm popular and I'm involved in all the things. And then I, you know, get the grades and I'm all of that. Then I go to university and I graduate in three years and I, Mm -hmm. you know, Excel and I get the, the corporate job and I'm in corporate America and a sales job and I'm doing all of these things. And behind the scenes, I was miserable. I was suffering from an eating disorder. I was drinking nonstop. I was in and out of toxic relationships. Um, I was smoking two packs of cigarettes a week. And I was just I was self-destructing, but I was playing by what I thought was like I, I thought this is how it was supposed to go. Like I played by all the rules. Um, and so I got to I was 25 and it was rock bottom for me. Like I had hit probably the worst spot in my life my car got stolen I had I was in debt I had to move back in with my parents I I was just like what am I doing with my life so I stay up all night and it's Valentine's Day it's February 14th of 2011 I stay up all night and I essentially created a vision board I had no effing clue what a vision board was at that time I just knew I was in the shit and I wanted out. And one of the things I wanted to do was really get my health on track. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to the gym 5 a.m. I show up and my husband is at the gym. I see him and I immediately I'm like, this is the person I'm going to marry. Now, I didn't ask for a man that was definitely not like in my scheme of things, but I think it's important, at least for me, that was the first time that I realized there is an inner knowing there is like this wisdom of if you don't like where you're at right now, there's always an option to dive deeper and see, can I choose another door? Can Mm. I try something else? Can I follow this path and not know what the outcome is going to be and just trust that I'm just going to take the step? Like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym and see what happens. So that was really how my journey as an entrepreneur, especially, and I'm going to say like a conscious entrepreneur, somebody who's really diving into the impact that I'm making in my immediate circle. And then also out in the world. Um, so we started our insurance business that was February of 2011. We got married February of 2014, opened up a scratch insurance agency, April of 2014. And I went full steam ahead into my worth was my productivity. How much could I output? Who could I, you know, perform for like, like really like creating this identity of like, I'm a boss. Like I got this. And fast forward to today, it's, um, it's a different journey because I chose my career instead Mm -hmm. of having a family. And now we're looking at having a family and it's scary as shit to think of what that's going to look like as a workaholic and how am I going to navigate that? So that's, that's a long winded version of how I got to where I'm at right now.
0: Mm. You went there, Gosh, you're just, you're going there. And I'm so grateful for this, that you've just broken wide open because I know there is multiple of you listening that is thinking the same thing and you are here for a reason listening into this episode for a reason you get pings to download or tune in for a reason i genuinely believe that if you're open to it let's unpack that a little bit like when yeah, you say i'm navigating did i make the right choice in life between choosing career over motherhood i'm curious for you like what are some of the what are some of the narratives or the stories that show up around that as a topic here?
1: Well, I think for me, a story that I was kind of programmed to believe in a belief that I've carried for a long time is that success comes from hard work mm-hmm. and it's definitely an exchange of you pay the sacrifice. This is the process. And at the end of that, you'll have success. And I, I think the challenge for me right now is I'm having to dismantle that identity because yes, I have worked 12 hour days for a long time or 10 hour days or really put aside, you know, things that I thought were important. Um, I think the thing for me when I'm navigating this is can you have it all? That's the question Mm -hmm. that I am debating and the story that I have in my head, because I have this like tinge of as a woman, I don't want to have to make a choice and it's very much been a choice of do you choose your career or do you choose your family and i i have made the choice of okay i chose my career and i worked my fucking ass off and i got what i wanted but now what i want has changed and i want both now instead of just the one thing now i want both so i think it's scary for me number one from a financial standpoint of like when i pull back and my identity shifts from being a working woman, I'm 37. So I've done this for a while to then being a mother. How do you navigate both of those and do it well? Because I, I, I don't want to have accessory children. Like I, I, they're not like a handbag that I just like switch in and out of, like I'm fully committed. So I think for me, this, the scary spot is having to not work. Like, what do I do? Cause that's been my whole identity has been work. And I've tied my worth to how much I could output, how much I could generate, how much I could, you know, like if somebody said something was challenging in business, I was like, I'm fucking here for it. Like, let me see if I can like tear down that wall and shatter that ceiling and like be the one who goes. So It's scary for me because it's a level of vulnerability and it's a level of trusting other people to help me and support me along the way.
0: Mm. There it is. Yeah. Trusting others to support me along the way. Yeah. Yeah. How does that feel to ask for help?
1: Oh, I hate it. I absolutely hate (laughs) it. I mean, it's, it's a, um, because I, I, and a belief that I'm having to unlearn right now myself is that just because I can, doesn't mean I should. And that sometimes other people are better at it. Like, you know, I, and I've, I've felt like it's been an inconvenience sometimes to say, well, why would I put this on you when I can do this? And this is something as like, Simple as having somebody clean my house or having somebody come in a few days a week and do laundry or dishes or stuff around the house. That still, I still feel massive guilt around asking for help. Do you feel like that?
0: Yes. My cleaning lady is here right now. Thankfully, I don't think the mic is picking up the vacuum in the (laughs) background. And the amount of guilt that I feel for asking for help when I know I can do it. Right. Is so real. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and if I look at, so we are almost like two ends in the paradigm. Right. So I had, I got pregnant at 29 and I, you know, didn't just walk into motherhood in one situation. I had twins. Right. So we are 30 and now I'm really essentially starting a family. And there's now four of us when it was just Brooks and I for a long time. And I had to navigate the, the unraveling and the unconditioning of what does it look like to be a mom and also want a career. So very similar to what you're, what you're thinking through right now, it was almost like trial by fire. Cause I was already in it. Like, it was like, all right, here we go. And one of the things that showed up for me that I wasn't expecting. Cause we had set up our life to have some time that Brooks and I could both be home with the twins. So it wasn't just one or the other, and then kind of step back into different pieces of our career. And what showed up for me was within kind of the first couple of months, I felt like I didn't know who I was anymore. I mm. felt like my, my entire identity was no longer what I had just built after 30 years and I had to, it was almost like I was, my identity was crumbled on the ground. And it was like, okay, if I'm going to rebuild this version of myself, like what pieces of the crumbs do I want to pick up and put back into this person that we're creating maybe a new identity on? And what are some paradigms and some belief systems that I just need to leave on this ground because they are no longer going to serve me. And there was a story I told myself that, um, you know, how could you? Similar to what you're saying, like how can I be a successful woman and a woman in business and a mom at the same time? Like I thought that those two things had to be separated from one another, mm-hmm. and I still find court a lot of the times guilt will show up when I make a choice to travel or speak on a stage or join a mastermind or invest in the next program that is going to serve me in my business because I I sometimes come up against that rub of like, am I making a choice? for myself. And is that then going to create, um, am I, am I not showing up as the mom? I want to be at home. Cause I'm making this choice for myself. So that still happens to this day. One of the core beliefs I've chosen to really integrate into my own lineage in terms of like generational, like how I want my kids to see mom. In the world is I've changed the narrative when I feel that guilt and I do, I leave the house crying most of the time because I feel such guilt for getting in the car and driving to the airport to go on whatever plane I'm going on is I genuinely feel in the depths of my heart. When I get still and quiet and can listen to my intuition, what I know to be true is that I can sit here all day and tell my kids to go after their dreams. Mm -hmm but if I'm not modeling the behavior first and having really open dialogue with them about what mom does and why this is important, then they're never going to know what it looks like to go after your dream. Yeah. How does that land for you? I'm just curious.
1: I I, Jack, I'm so glad that you said that because it really is you know it's one thing to say something and it's another thing to be an example and i think that hearing that is reassuring and i think for me something else that i'm that i've had to navigate and i think as an entrepreneur you navigate this a lot or or maybe you want to be an entrepreneur or maybe you're just a human being but it's tying yourself to An expectation or an identity and making it like, this is my coat that I'm going to wear for the rest of my life. I think something that I've gotten more comfortable with is changing my mind and being Mm -hmm. okay with this isn't maybe how I thought it was going to go. So I'm going to go down this route and I'm going to try this and see if this works. So hearing you say that, um, provides a lot of just reassurance that, I I don't know how it's going to look, but I'm going to try it on and see Mm -hmm. if I like how it fits. And if I don't, I'm okay to discard it and try something else. And I think being an example, like what you're saying, if we weren't modeled or shown that, then I almost feel the sense of like duty and responsibility that if I wasn't shown this, then, and, and I have this like burning desire, then that means that I have to be the example, but I have to be the one that goes and says, all right, this is how I want it to look. This is how I want my business to look. This is how I want motherhood to look for me. This is how I want my relationship. Cause I, I work side by side with my husband every single day. So I, I think redefining constantly and being okay mm. with like, this, this might be what I am like right now. I'm, I'm in this super like raw vulnerable, you know, we're going through IVF and, and freezing embryos and, you know, like navigating all of this. And in six months, I might not even want children. Like that's Mm -hmm. like, that's something that I I'm still wrestling with. Like, you have to be okay with that. Nothing is really that permanent. Like you're going to change your mind. So yeah.
0: Yeah. That there's something here that I feel like we need to almost like pull out a little bit. So gosh, I've been in so many different stages of my life where I've been wearing a coat and I've Mm -hmm. almost felt like it's a straight jacket because it's been so defined by like, it has defined me. That coat has defined me for so long. Let's just use my past life. I was a corporate VP of HR. So Mm -hmm. like, that's who I was. Oh, Jackie, the HR girl. Like that's a one version of who I, who I was at one point in time. What does it feel like to the listener who's been in the coat for too long and knows internally like there's something more, there's another coat for me to try on. But when they think about taking the version of the coat off that they're currently wearing, fear shows up Mm -hmm. and they don't know how to take that coat off and take that leap or that first step into the next version of self. What would you say to that woman who's just riddled with fear at the thought of, taking off the coat or the identity that they've been creating or, or frankly, that they thought they wanted 10 years ago, that's now changed. What do you say to her?
1: Well, I used to play worst case scenario. I used to play like, okay, what's worst case scenario. If I take this identity off, if I, if I, you know, discard this role, but then that would send me down even more fear of like, these are all the things that can happen. And to some, you might be somebody that's motivated like that to be like, if I don't do this, then this this is the outcome that happens. I'm not motivated like that anymore. Now I play best case scenario. Like, what's the best outcome here? Like, what is my high? Like, my highest self. And to be totally transparent, I have wild mortality motivation. So I have this knowing. I know I'm going to die. There is. There's no getting around that. I know I'm going to die. So the thing that always motivates me when I am scared shitless, I always think about, okay, when I'm getting ready to close my eyes and I think back on my life, if I don't make this choice, will I regret it? And if that answer is, yeah, you're going to regret it, then I have to trust that it's going to work out. And it might not work out. like I think it's going to work out because when we start thinking, we, we tend to screw things up. It's going to work out how it's supposed to and how it feels aligned. And I, and it's such a, even talking about that and saying that out loud, if you're listening and you're like, where did she just go here? We get caught up in our heads so much. We overthink, we overanalyze, we try to play out every situation. If you just felt into it more, your body is going to tell you, like, are you excited are you nervous? Are do you even feel anything? If you don't feel anything, then it's a no. Like, I think leaning more towards that. So I would tell the listener, figure out how you're motivated for me. It's knowing that I'm going to die and knowing that I, I get to do this once. And I want to do it exactly to the max and like play full out, um, and get out of your head so much, mm-hmm. like quit overthinking it because it's not, it's not that serious. It's really not like it's mm-hmm. It should be fun. Like you, Mm -hmm. you should have some elements of fun
0: in your life. Mm. I love this. Let's talk about that. I grew up conditioned to believe that, well, frankly, in all of our systems, there was no real talk about emotions and defining emotions and putting language to emotions. It was a lot of like think and do and think and do. And so I call that, Hey, I hung out of my masculine for a long time. I was, you know, wearing my, my sweet corporate suit and kind of walking through the office where my femininity was a colored heel. Right. Uh And that was Uh like how I showed femininity, maybe a lipstick here and there, but now, you know, I have to my own story, which my listeners have heard a lot of, which is I had a brain tumor, which had me faced with my own mortality 10 Mm -hmm. years ago. And that's when my big change happened of like, Hey, what is this all for? And what's the purpose of life? I went down a deep journey of like figuring out how to feel in my body and reconnecting with my intuition. I'm curious for you, what has that transition looked like in terms of being able to move from your head to your heart or your head to your body? What have been some of the tools things that you have done to actually move you into a more, let's call it feminine state or energy where you're actually listening to that intuition, which is such a dang gift that women have.
1: Oh, it, it is the, uh, so I actually, I'm going to side note just a second. I was in Sedona. You and I got to hang out actually while we were there. And, and one of the practitioners that I saw, um, was a breathwork practitioner and and I would say breathwork is absolutely fantastic on really tuning yourself into your body but she was talking about how women have two centers of power our womb and our heart so it was just like eye opening to where if we just tap into this this even more um I grew up very similar to how you did I mean our dads were football coaches were very much like just get shit done so it wasn't until I was much older that I really started to dive into Abraham Hicks And the emotional scale, because I've always been very sensitive, but I didn't know how to express it. It came out sideways most of the time. Um, Anger would come out as something I would swallow and I wouldn't know how to express. I wouldn't know how to accurately define um, how things made me feel when I was scared or when I was nervous or or jealous or insecure. Um, so that scale actually really helped me um, be able to define where I was and not have to climb all the way to the top. So I was under the assumption or the belief that there was happy, extreme happy, and then there was sadness, anger. And then there wasn't much in between. And I think for most of us, we spend majority of our time kind of in the bulk of, you know, contentment, boredom, maybe, maybe we get happy. Um, We'll have peaks of bliss and, you know, then it's unhappy. Like, so I, I think that scale being able to define it um, and give it language, that was kind of the first time that I saw that. And then I ask my body, like, where do you feel anger? And this is almost like a meditation. Where do you feel it in your body? Like, where is it in your hands? Is it in your arms? Because emotions last about 90 seconds. So they're going to come, they need to move. Like they have to pass through your body and and I'm going to get super woo on this, but they have to move throughout your body and they're giving you a cue for something. So I think really being able to, connect with your body would be the first part. You can stay heady and you can really get into the Abraham Hicks scale. I'm a dancer. So I'm not a good dancer, but I like music because it's, it allows me to move things through. So if I'm angry or I'm nervous, I will literally shake my hands because it's like something needs to move through here. Let me at least move it. And then I might have words around it. So I don't know if that helps. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of been my process and really mm-hmm. diving into that.
0: I love that. And that scale, we'll definitely link it up in the show notes because it's so helpful to see that scale and to understand that you don't have to go from fear or rock bottom to you know complete bliss on the top end, but there's layers and there's steps and there's rungs. So highly recommend if you haven't seen that to check it out. And understand the other thing that I love about that scale is that energy has frequency. Like there's mm-hmm. actual energy frequency behind that. So when we think about things that we've likely all heard about, hey, you can, you know, you are what you attract and you can attract different things in, you can manifest. Well, that scale will actually help you understand frequency on like how you're manifesting certain people, relationships, patterns into your life. It's really helpful in that, in that context as well.
1: It gives you some, some framework too, to, see like where things are coming from emotions give you cues. So like jealousy for one, if you're feeling envy, it's either because you desire what that person has, or there's something that you need to work on there. Um, That scale, actually, Michael and I went through our first round of IVF, IVF in September and it was unsuccessful. We didn't make it through surgery and it was probably one of the lowest points in our life. And that scale was the thing that we would use to really communicate where we were, like Mm -hmm. just working our way up through the scale. And it takes as long as it takes. Um, So I think it's a great tool for a partner too, Mm -hmm. even a business partner, uh, you know, a relationship. But that was something that, you know, in that moment, when you're going through maybe it's in business, maybe it's in life where you feel like, okay, this, this shit's hitting the fan. Like, where am I at on the scale and being patient with yourself to like work through the ups and the downs. So I I think that's an element that's not talked about a lot in business Mm -hmm. is the emotional element that you go through. I mean, I will run that scale top to bottom in two hours in business. (laughs) I'm
0: like, I've definitely felt every emotion on that scale today.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. I woke up, I was crying this morning. Then I was extremely happy. Then I was in like, get shit done mode. Then I was like creating things. And I, I, I want to be really vulnerable and talk about that, especially in business, because I got that all muddy in my head. I thought that women were supposed to in business, put that to the side, like you don't want to show emotion. You don't want to be weak. You need to assert yourself. You have to work twice as hard, twice as fast, And what I've come to realize is, holy shit, this is my superpower is that as women, this is like, this is it. Like when we are able to really just live in our vulnerability and come from that place of compassion and truth and emotion, that's
0: how we create
1: things. Like that's how we change the world.
0: Mm like preach. Amen. Yeah. That, that yeah. is like mic drop moment for me. Cause that is it. Yeah, That's it. And that's my truth as well. Deeply, deeply. My truth is, and let's actually put this into like an actual tangible example for, for listeners. Let me ask the question and then we'll circle back. How have you used emotions and your intuition and in asking your body in real life business decisions that have allowed you and Michael to make maybe an unlock or make a different choice that you wouldn't have made because you were just listening to your heads before. How has that actually unlocked something for you?
1: (laughs) This completely changed our life. So, Uh, January of 2021, we gave up four businesses and it was really a heart centered decision. And I think this is where the emotion comes into play of what do I want my life not to look like, what do I want it to feel like, because we had already built what life was supposed to look like. We had the big house, we had the fast cars, we were making money, we're doing all this. And it still felt like, okay, what is, what are we doing here? So I think how I've really changed that is. You know, letting those businesses go, you know, regardless of money, what do I want my life to feel like? And I think even more granular is how I lead people. Mm. Our team, how we show up, how we ask questions, specifically how I am pouring into them, who I am calling around me, our COO, our support team, our customer service team, our social media team, how I am leading them is based on how I want my life to feel like how I want people to experience my business. That's the whole thing. When you're creating something, you're creating a feeling. You are providing a solution to something that is a body reaction. So if it's and brand loyalty is is. Phenomenal at this. People that wear Lululemon wear them for a reason. It's because of how it makes them feel. Maybe it's luxurious. Maybe they like how they look in it. Like this is a feeling. Tesla does the same thing. Apple does the same. These are all providing a feeling. So when you think of it from like an entrepreneur or a leadership standpoint, you have to put yourself in the framework of how do I want my customer, potential customer, to experience my product or service? How do I want to make them feel? Because people, this has been said over and over i think it's maya angelou people will forget what you said but they will never forget how you made them feel and i probably butchered that but that's the whole point of this is really how do i show up as a leader how do i make my team feel how do i lead from this place of emotion to really have compassion to make sure that people are seen and heard and then how do i translate that out into my customers so when they experience the problem, and that's the whole The whole, you know, from social media to my email, to my podcast, to all the way down to when they leave and they're no longer a customer. What is that customer life cycle? How are they experiencing that? So I think really tangibly, that's how it's being done. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, what's your perspective on that?
0: I love this. I also just want to just play that back. If you, if you missed it, they let go of four businesses Financially, monetarily, yeah. that must have been a big chunk. Yeah. It was like was it multiple six figures. What are we thinking here? We were into the seven figures. Yep. Okay. We shut down multiple seven <laughs> figures or seven huh? figures because of a feeling yep. that we were not creating our life or there was something that we thought we, quote unquote, wanted or needed in our mm-hmm. lives. We got there, realized, heck, this doesn't feel good anymore. And there was a pivot or a course correct. Mm -hmm. That is such a piece of entrepreneurship. I think gets missed often in conversations where it's, it's okay to change your mind. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have a lived experience and say, heck, I thought I wanted this, but now that it's here, it's not feeling like I thought it was going to feel. So now I want to check out the next thing. I want to navigate what the next chapter of the story is. And I yes. think so often we get so rooted in this belief system that like when I, when I say something, I've, I think since I've been an entrepreneur, I've changed my business four times into like what I really wanted to do externally, or what I was saying I was doing to my audience or people who were following along on my journey. It took me multiple years and a lot of inner work to finally come back to my truth, which is how I can serve the world in the greatest way which is through people, through the lens of people. It's a gifting, it's my superpower. But I had fear for so long that I was gonna revert back into a decade ago, corporate Jackie, masculine head down mentality, because that was the woman who ran that type of business really well. And I had to redefine what this was gonna look like for me in this chapter. And it looks very different from that version of myself there's pieces of her that got to come. And I love those pieces, but there were some new pieces of who I needed to become that I was still stepping into. But I see so often when it comes to a point where things aren't feeling very good anymore, that we keep putting our head down and grinding. And we forget that there's an opportunity to like, step back and reflect and make an, like iterate pivot, make a new choice. Yeah. I think that's missed way too much. And I think that needs to be celebrated when people actually do the dang thing, whether from the external perspective, they fall on their damn face or they just, it's not the right thing for them anymore, but they say, I'm shutting this down to start again. Like, I think that is so brave and courageous of the humans that do that. including obviously you and Michael, who took seven figures and said no more. And how do we want this to feel for us?
1: Yeah, and it's um, I, I want to give some more context around that because if you're listening, you're like, you're fucking nuts. <laughs> what That's,
0: are you talking about? I've been to that big you- lake house. It's nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? But for us, it was what do we want to create together? So that was our through line. Your through line, Jackie, is always people. How do I find, create and cultivate these amazing humans and plug them with other amazing humans for Michael and I it's how do we create something together that makes an impact in our community like whatever that looks like. So what we found was we were doing things to keep ourselves financially safe, like we were doing things because we it was for money let's just put it on the table like we were doing things to make sure that we felt financially safe and secure and what we realized was when you start focusing on your bank account and generating money and you quit servicing yourself and other people you miss the whole point point. and that's really what it was now if you're just starting out and you're thinking, yeah, I have to eat. Yeah, you absolutely have to eat, like create products and services that serve others. And that will take care of itself. But I think to your point of, you know, changing your business model four times, your business model is going to change 20 more times, too, because your customer changes like you change. Like that's how it's supposed to be. So I, I love that you say that we do need to celebrate that more. We do need to celebrate like, Hey, I'm no longer doing this. I'm doing this instead because I felt called it on a higher mission and a higher purpose. And this excites me more. Like, can we just say that? Like I'm more mm-hmm. pumped about mm-hmm. this. Like, like mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I love, so we just had an opportunity to spend some time together. And one of the things that I just want to acknowledge, and maybe you can talk into it a little bit on how you and Michael have made these decisions is you were spending a week with your leadership team Mm -hmm. in Sedona. Mm -hmm. And that was about the inner work, the energetic work, the personal work. And a week later, you hopped on another plane and you went to what was more like a CEO yep. class, which was more maybe set leadership development type work. I'm curious to hear how it actually went. How do you make the decisions to invest in both? And what does that look like for you guys when you're looking at development of yourselves and your team in a year?
1: This is easy easy answer to this question. So we have a core family motto of happy, healthy, wealthy, and it is in that order. So that is our family motto. And that is our business motto. So everyone on our team, we start there. We start with who we are as self, because I don't care how you're performing out in business. If you are not doing things that excite you, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not taking care of your soul, if you are not reevaluating and readjusting, it's not going to work. It's it's an inside job. So I think when we look at our entire year, I mean, we spend a heavy amount in personal development first. And then we go to professional development. Now that's our day-to-day too. Like that's just who we are as an organization. One of our our core pillars is growth. So when we hop off of a call, we're always asking, what are you doing to grow personally? And what are you doing to grow professionally? And how can we help support you in that? So if somebody says, Hey, I'm not going to be working on Friday because I'm going to be out taking a hike in nature. And that's part of like, they're, they're in that season. It is our responsibility to support them in that and be okay with that. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but happy, healthy, wealthy, follow that motto and, mm-hmm. and don't go the other way. If you go the other way, if you try to create wealth first and you put your happiness on the back burner, then what you're going to find is that you've accrued all of these things and you've missed your life.
0: Mm-hmm. I found you have this whole motto and I'm going to read it because I love it so much, which is on your Instagram in quotes. Inspiring you to make your dream life a reality and play by your own damn rules. Mm-hmm. End quote. When I look at that, what comes up for me is that I lived by whatever rules society and the school system and my peer group and my parents kind of place in the world in front of me. Like these were the rules that you lived by, and success looked like a certain way. For me, that was like 12 hours a day, head down and grind. And it, it has taken a lot to kind of pull that out. I'm still working on it. Don't get me wrong. Like it's still a work in progress, but when you start to piece that apart and start to pull pull that apart, I started to recognize that this motto came up for me, which is called the power in the pause, mm. that there's actual power in pause moments that I didn't realize that by being head down and grinding 12 hours a day and just doing that on autopilot and repeat and repeat and repeat that I was missing the magic. I was missing these opportunities for magic in the day. There was no white space. There was no blank space. Mm -hmm. I'll give one example in Sedona when we were both on a hike, very (laughs) separate, there was no intention of seeing one another in that moment. And You had said that we had missed an opportunity to take a picture together. And that was one thing you would have loved to have had. And in the middle of Sedona, where there's has to be a thousand hikes, probably more, there's so many mountains you can choose. We find each other in the middle of a hike. You're there with Michael and your guide. I'm there with Brooks and the kids. And we have an opportunity to take a picture. Mm Mm-hmm. And in that, I think about that day, I was sitting working all day, staring at that mountain and we were going to go in the car and go to a different hike. And I said to Brooks, I just think that that mountain is so beautiful. Like, can we go and explore that one? And so these like magical moments can show up when we create space. I'm curious for you, knowing that you have had a tendency to also be like head down and work hard, head down and work hard. How have you created space in your days, your weeks, your months, your years to really cultivate an opportunity for the white space or magic to show up?
1: I don't, Ooh. I'm going to be really <laughs> honest and, and share this. You and I did a podcast, um, on our podcast and you were talking about that, about how you spend time in nature and you spend time in that white space and our ceo or coo after the podcast aired called me and was like did you did you listen to this because my tendency and, and i'm getting ready to i'm on an identity shift right now my tendency is to if i'm not working i like to be doing something so i'm going to fill it with an adventure i'm going to put jam in activity jam in activity let's put something else here can i grow can i learn can i listen can i do this oh i don't understand this in my business let me just take this hour that i have and let me let me just let, let's play around with that so i'm terrible at it and for me how it's showing up is is that i don't have space i don't have that pause to actually hear the downloads or to listen to what the next move is, or to even just have space for myself and my future family. Like that's probably a big reason why I haven't had a family yet. Why we haven't been able to get pregnant is because there's no space for them. Like you have to be very intentional about that. So transparently, um, this is what starts actually next week where we stop work at 5 PM, which is a, it's going to be very difficult because, my tendency will be to fill it, you know. Like I really want to get really great at Spanish. So it's like, all right, let's just fill it with that instead of just being bored, allowing myself to be bored for a little bit. Um, so yeah, I transparently I'm terrible at that.
0: Mm-hmm. The high-powering woman and boredom <laughs> do not sit well together. No. Oh. Oh, no. there's all sorts of emotions that show up when I hit boredom and Brooks and I were just in Mexico last week with our family and we were both leaning over the pool and the kids were at an activity. So we're not there and everyone else was doing their own thing. Just kind of looked at each other. and We both said like, gosh, we still really struggle to just like be okay being bored and having not like, there's nothing on the agenda for us in this minute. Mm -hmm. Can we take 20 minutes to just like breathe and admire this like beautiful space that we're in right now? Mm -hmm. It took us having that conversation to be aware of the fact that we were both in our heads trying to think about the next thing we had to do. All right. we got an hour till dinner. we got to get everybody ready. It's like, what about just being in the present moment? So, you know, I have created some white space and been really intentional about it, but gosh, it is still a paradigm. I am working to shift girlfriend.
1: (laughs) Yeah. After that podcast, I was like, oh shit, I need to up my game here. Cause I'm Mm. definitely like, there's not there. And then. It feels like you're robbing yourself a little bit of letting the universe or God or whatever you believe in show up and and create opportunities for you without you having to do the work, without you having to plan it. So yeah, stay tuned. I could be off the rails in in three weeks and you're giving you SOS texts on like, what do (laughs) I do with all this time? Um, But again, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss what you know, we, we did work really hard and we did make a lot of sacrifices and there were choices that we made and decisions and we had to grow and get uncomfortable, but I don't want to miss what we've built and what we continue to build and and create. So yeah, stay tuned.
0: <laughs> mm. What is your advice to the woman who's on the fence? She's sitting there, she's considering Um, making a move, making a leap, doing the, doing the damn thing, breaking the rules down, burning the bridges and like creating a brand new life that has been deep in her heart, in her gut. And she just hasn't taken that step yet. What do you say to her? Well,
1: I think you and I have the same motivators. And so I, I, I would tell her if tomorrow you find out that you only have X amount of time, how do you feel about that? Does that motivate you to do that? Because I, I think as human beings, we have almost this egotistical view that we always have more time and we don't at any point in time, our number could be up. So if you're on the fence, number one, think about if, if there wasn't any more time, would you regret not taking the leap? Cause I know you're scared. I know you're scared. I know you have the ball in your throat. I know you're afraid that people are going to laugh at you. They're going to judge you that you're going to fail, that you're not going to make any money, that it's not going to work out. I I know that feeling. I, I hear you and I feel you deeply, but I also know that you have gifts and you have talents and you are uniquely created to share them. And if you don't share them, there might be somebody or something out there that misses out because of it. So don't rob them either of getting to appreciate and love and honor what you have to create or build in this world Because fear is always going to be there and that's okay. Just don't let it drive, put it in the passenger seat. Fear doesn't get to drive. It can stay there and keep you safe. But I think it's that, I think it's knowing that there is a reason that you're here. Like one in 400 trillion are the odds of being born a human being. It's not by accident. It's not by coincidence. There's an, I firmly believe There is a reason that you are here listening right now, that you are here with this dream and this desire. I don't give a shit if a thousand people have already created it. You haven't created it. And it needs your unique voice, your unique talent, your unique skill set. So, whatever it is that's burning deep inside of you is not a coincidence. It's your responsibility to get it out into the world.
0: Mm. Girlfriend, we are just getting started in so many ways in our. (laughs) journey together as sisters and friends and family. And definitely this conversation needs to be continued. And so I just want to thank you so much for gracing us with your time. And it is always such an honor and a privilege to just spend time, quality time with you.
1: I love you. When you text me and said, I'm doing an inspiring women's series. I was like, holy shit, let's go. Let's do I, it. I was so, I'm so honored to be here. And I know that you have such a wonderful community and a wonderful group of listeners. So I, I just, I'm privileged mm-hmm. to get to know you. I'm so grateful that we have the connection and I, I love connecting with new people too. So this is, this is so fun.
0: So if people want more, Courtney Weaver, where can they find you? What is the best place? Where do you hang out? Where's the best place for us to link things up here?
1: Yeah. So we have, um, a podcast, my husband and I do a podcast twice a week called the insurance buzz. It's not just for insurance professionals. We're going to talk a lot about business. And then we talk about building a business side-by-side. Um, and then I'm an Instagram girl, so you can hang out. My personal Instagram is Courtney Vi, or you can follow Michael and I at MNC Weaver over on the gram. So that's where I like to link
0: that all up. So you got access to both Courtney and her husband, Michael, and I cannot wait to have you both on and talk more about the insurance buzz and what you guys are doing about building teams and really creating a brand new way to not only look at building a business, but in my opinion, you're really redefining an industry, which I think is so epic. So I can't wait to dive into that episode next as well. But my love, I'm so grateful for you. I love you. Thank you for being here. And until next time, we'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show. Thank you for listening in to today's show. If there was a key message that landed with you, please share or send us a direct message on Instagram at Jackie Service and let us know. We love hearing from you. Also, to continue to keep this podcast growing, it would mean the world if you could take a minute and like and rate the show or share it with a friend our team is forever grateful. Until next time, we'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show.